Almost half of men in the UK don't talk openly with friends about their problems. Nearly a third said they don't have any close friends at all. At all. Two in three men aged 16 to 24 would rather be known as short-fused than vulnerable. Over one in five, 22% of men in the 55-plus age group said they never saw their friends for a catch-up. That's over one in five. Men are becoming a caricature of men. I thought things were improving. If, if the media is anything to go by, men are too woke, too in touch with their feelings, they're emasculated, they're feminised. Are you one of those men who don't talk? Are you short-fused? Are you just lonely? Welcome to the Penis Dialogues. I'm your host, Chris Young. And I don't know about you, but I, I find these statistics terrifying. Obviously, I'm talking about me here, but the thought of that world pickles my head. In this episode, I speak with the delightful Mark King, a pastoral support worker in a secondary school in Norfolk. We talk about, well, all kinds of stuff. Do me a favour, put this conversation with the lovely Mark on in your background. Get, get on with your day, do the dishes, stroke the cat, hoover the dog, shout at the speaker, agree with us. Think of the questions you'd like to ask. Disagree with us. Laugh with us. Be with us. Put us on like your favourite pair of slippers. Imagine sitting with us in the pub or your favourite purveyor of coffee and join us in the grey areas. You're very welcome. Bear in mind, before this episode, I'd never spoken with Mark and yet we talked about all of our vulnerabilities, our loves, our passions and neither of us exploded. If this is your kind of thing, or if it's the kind of thing someone you know should be involved with, give me a follow on Twitter at Dialogues Penis, or email me at thepenisdialogues at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to talk with you. I've put a couple of links to some of the things we discussed in the blurb, if you'd like to take a look. So, welcome, Mark King, to the Penis Dialogues. Um, so, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've had a pretty busy day in my job, looking after the teenage youth of the next generation. So, um, but yeah. I'm oh, all is good. that what is that what you do? Are you happy to, to talk I am, about that? I am a pastoral support officer in a very diverse high school in uh, Norwich. Right, right. Gosh, that sounds really interesting. It's it has its moments. Yeah. So, um, I know we're getting straight into this, and uh, let, let's just. How does that work? So you, you do you sit in an office and you wait for the door to, to yeah. Knock? Well, yeah. yeah. In a nutshell, um, my hel- my high school is Helston High School, which is a suburb of Norwich. Yeah, and um, we're you know we're very diverse. We have sixteen hundred kids, including the sixth form. Wow. Um, four years ago, I was made redundant. I was four months out of getting married. Sort of absolute ship a bed moment of oh my god what are we going to do you know, we need <laughs> yes money. absolutely um never worked in a high school in my life but had taught my children sport from a very early age i i felt i had a good rapport with people i yeah, was a yeah. snowboarding instructor at our local dry slope so fantastic i had a lot of i suppose you'd say personable skills yeah so yeah. i threw my my hat in the ring to sort of say yeah what do you think you know and my wife was very supportive saying you, you'd be great in the school you should, you should go for it so and Helsden at the time were running a pilot scheme of having a pastoral 
team which yeah, would have yeah, yeah. offices attached to some of their houses so I went for it and got it so me and my colleague worked there for two and a half years all through lockdown we were there wow and it was so it was successful that they actually brought in three more members of the team so we have a full sort of gamut of five pastoral support within that widest pastoral team in the high school so yeah my day-to-day is basically appointments with children or they're just drop-ins who are having a crazy day and we see what we can do to help them it sounds like a great job Oh, I bloody love it. Yeah. Best job I've ever. I've done a lot of different jobs in a lot of different fields. But yeah. This job yeah. pays dividends if it doesn't pay that much. Do you know what I mean? I, do. I can't complain. I do. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's awesome. Best thing I've ever done. So do the teachers refer kids on, or do you know do kids? Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's a very sort of holistic system. Teachers will come across children who are struggling, and they'll push us push us towards them to go have a chat. Some a lot of children now that they know the faces will just rock up. Right, you know, right. half the time you have to turn them away and say, you know, don't use me as an excuse to get out of maths, pop your pop. <laughs> but yeah, but, you know, but, but, I, uh, but I, you know, I imagine you know, sometimes the maths teacher just wants to get out of maths and just leave the yeah. <laughs> well, it goes both ways. We've always said the doors are open to staff as well. Is that right? Is that right? It's been you know, COVID, and we don't want to go on about COVID too much, but. In education, COVID's had such a slam effect on everything. I can imagine. I, I think we're still feeling the effects. So, so, I mean, call it luck or call it sort of serendipity, but I think I joined the school just mm, at the right mm. time because then the world went to shit. So, yeah. uh, so how did it? How 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 does pastoral work work when you're um, in lockdown? How did how did that? Um, we lockdown? had we had a list of vulnerable children. Yeah, I had a absolutely prehistoric nokia which was given to me by a school right and i would just spend my days ringing up parents asking to speak to the children and we would just do conversations like this right nice you know so yeah and it was it was frustrating because i work i mean i said to my wife tonight i'm worried about this because i'm a face-to-face person yeah 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 doing it with a barrier of a screen or yeah it's tricky isn't it you you can't get a feel for what's going on and especially when you're talking to the kids and my wife was working from home so she'd have to be upstairs and due to safeguarding i'd have to sort of be in the garage or in the garden talking to the children and yeah yeah, it was we got sent back to school quite quickly because a lot of the vulnerable children couldn't be at home yeah so that was quite nice that we actually sort of ran a skeleton school for a lot of lockdown right right you know so do you, do you work hand in hand, say, with social work then and other houses? Oh services? yeah, we have a we have a huge resource network that we we work together with social workers, with early help, with children's services. There's a huge gamut of people. We all sort of work together in the same pot, you know. That sounds. I mean, it sounds sounds really lovely. So what what kind of resources are available to you? You know, are, are you the service or are you are you uh, sort of gateway? We are pretty or? much because we're. Uh, we're a sort of known face to the children and to the parents as well. So a lot of the time we will sit as the sort of first stop. So they'll yeah, come yeah. to us and say, so-and-so's really struggling with anxiety, self-harm. I mean, you name a yeah, problem, yeah. the children are going through it. So anything like that. And then we can sort of triage that out to different services yeah, or we'll work yeah. alongside social workers, early years. We'll, 
you know, we'll come together with a plan to somehow give that child the best support we can. And do you find other services quite responsive? Do you know, do you, you know when you refer mm. on, do they say, right, we'll see them in six years? My professional head would say yes. My honest head would say, I think I'll take the Fifth Amendment on that one because there can be some really good mm. results really mm. quickly, mm. but through nobody's fault, resources, yeah, mostly staff yeah. resources is the biggest thing. The waiting list for mental health at the moment is it, phenomenal. Crazy, we know that the yeah. system is on its knees. Mm, mm. I'm, you know, I would never throw any of them under the bus. They do a yeah. an amazing job, but yeah. it's just they're just stretched to, you know, they're stretched to breaking point. Yeah. So I, mean, I think us, yeah. I think the children rely on us probably more than they ever would before sure, because sure. we we we're not trained psychotherapists. We're not anything like that. But we're a face that can offer them comfort, some advice, yeah, just through the yeah. training we've received, and hopefully they can get through to another day. As a fellow human, really. Yeah. Uh, you know what, Chris? When I started this job, I mean, I'd never worked in a school. I've always worked in the sort of private sector, sure, in, you know, sure. industry and all that. And I just thought, how would I want my kids to be spoken to if they ever came to someone yeah, and said, yeah. look, sir. I'm freaking out. What the hell? Yeah, and yeah. that's pretty much been my mo ever since. That's interesting. I mean, do, do you find? I mean, I, I'm, I'm just look, remembering back to you know a thousand years ago when I was a child and thinking, suddenly you're you're in charge of this this body, uh, and you, you're not entirely sure how it works, and and that includes your mind and how you react to people. Oh, and it, yeah, it's so absolutely complicated, and it, you know, and it doesn't take a therapist, I guess, to sort of help people navigate that is it just takes a, a relationship perhaps yeah it, it really is it's that human connection it's that just having somebody in the, i always liken to it i've said to people before it's like if you go to a tattoo artist or you go to a hairdresser yeah for that yeah. half an hour for an hour one human being is focused on you and you on them yes and yes. Uh, whoever you are that builds something and i think what we do in our job is very much that you sit them down and say right guys you don't have to talk helps if you do but you know i'm here if you need anything and you just build that bridge however you and they find and the they feel valued in that i hope so you know i mean i don't you know my approach is a bit i don't want to say old school but it's a bit wishy-washy you know I'll always say to him, look, I will I will give you all the respect you deserve. Sure. But it goes both ways. Of course. So, so don't don't be a dick. Yeah, yeah. If you're yeah. angry, you're angry, but don't be a, don't be angry at me. Yeah. Don't be angry yeah. at your teachers. Yeah. If you're angry, let's talk about why you're angry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean 99% out of a hundred, it's because of some outside influence, which is just yeah, rock yeah. rock their day and Pissed them off, and I, th I think or, that, you know that is just incredibly valuable. E even acknowledging the anger, uh, because I, th I think there are a lot of people who. I mean, I, certainly when I was growing up, I, I had a lot to be angry about, and and because I didn't talk to anybody about it, um, you know, it, it it would come out in weird ways. Yeah, uh, and I, absolutely. I, and I think as we get into this, yeah. likewise with me, Chris. I mean, we're definitely the same generation yeah there's not a lot of years between us and sort of going to school in the 80s 
it was very much black and white. Yeah. You're this way or that way. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you've got a problem, well, you know, and, you know, I had a pretty horrific childhood growing up. But yeah, yeah. Didn't really talk about it. Just got on with it. It's interesting. You know, it's, it? yeah. you don't, I mean, now it's, it's an open book. I, I, I. I think about that in the context of my dad, who who sadly became an alcoholic, and we were always told he 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 was in the Second World War and he saw some pretty horrific things, and we were always told, oh, he doesn't like to talk about that sort of thing, and it was like he was yeah. he was never given the choice to talk about or, or even no. to not like to talk about because he, he never did, um, and and uh, it feels like the world has changed a bit. We've moved on a bit. That that talking is yeah. is somehow. I remember. Okay. Same thing with my granddad, was in the Navy, Second World War. Yeah. Saw some horrific things. Only spoke about it once in all the time I knew him. And Crikey. I knew my granddad up to my probably late 30s and early 40s. So, you know, he, he lived a good long life. Yeah, yeah. Only mentioned the war once. And, yeah. yeah, we never heard about it again. And it was enough to make us think, holy crap, no, no wonder he doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just it, it, the the world that we've been brought up in is, I don't know, is is relatively safe. It's uh, yeah. The, the, but but then suddenly being carted away where horrific things are happening all around you, it, it must blow your mind. I yeah i I cannot imagine how it would affect anyone. Yeah. Until they're in it, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Because we we've seen it even at school that. You know, children you expect to be vulnerable and delicate. Mm. Totally not. Yes. It really depends on the, when the circumstance comes. Yeah. yeah. Although they process. can they can build a wall for and and it, yeah. it might take them oh, years absolutely. before they even talk about it. What well, what I often do, and when what I mean by often is I invariably do, is I ask my guests to give us a kind of a few sort of set pieces to give to give the listener a kind of idea of who you are. So do you mm-hmm. have any things from your past where you think, yeah, that was that was definitely me? <laughs> My past. Okay, if we if we're gonna sort of not mention the nasty stuff just yet. Sure. My one of my early I've always loved cinema. Right, right. My earliest cinema memory was i was about four years old and oh. i went to see journey to the center of the earth with doug mcclure with oh, my mum. oh man and that was to me the greatest movie of all time uh-huh and that opened my eyes to cinema and fantasy science fiction and yes yes and then the greatest moment of my cinema life came about four years later when i sat in the cinema to watch star wars with my auntie I was eight years old. Were you really? And to this day, I remember dropping my lemonade sparkle on the floor when the Star Destroyer flies across the screen. <laughs> Absolutely. It changed my life to such a way that my son's middle name is Lucas after George because I had to pay. I had to pay homage because Star Wars has always been somewhere. I'm not a massive geek. I'm not. Yeah. You know, well, ask my wife. She might say different, but I don't. You know, I watch all the programs. I watch the films. I'm not an avid lover. If it's a shitty film, I'll quite happily call it out to be a shitty sure, film. Sure. But there was something about Star Wars which spoke to me. And through my formative years, 
that was my everything. Every film. I remember all the trailers when they came out yeah. in the cinema. Next, I think Return of the Jedi came out with Rocky Three, and I went back to see Rocky Three again just to see the trailers. Because <laughs> me and my friend Stephen, when VHS first came out, uh... we sat in a TV shop because they were shown Star Wars on the TV with no sound. But we uh, sat there and watched it twice, just standing in the shop. No sound. But we were just wrapped by it. Yeah. So, yeah. So what, 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 did it, what did it give you? I guess when I'm... Because of the age, it, the age I was when it came out, life at home was pretty fucking awful. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. my step, My half-brother was born, who I love dearly, and is yeah, you know, one yeah. of my closest friends, but... All the attention was on him. I was a bit of a, you know, spare part. All right. Know, so he, he was a, like he was like a replacement. You, 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 you'd been the centre of everyone's world, perhaps. Or well, I had my mum's, but maybe not my stepdad's. Right. I right. think I was always a reminder of a relationship before him, and didn't go down well with him. Oh shit! Right. So right. yeah. So, but I think Star Wars. If I'm looking at it now as a 52 year old man who's yeah. been watching Star Wars for 40 plus years. It was probably my escape. It yeah. was the one thing. Think, well, you know, Luke Skywalker got out of it, so I'm sure I'll be all right. Yeah, everything, everything's going to be fine in the end. Yeah, I mean, it took its fucking time, but everything, everything, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, everything is. Don't rush yourself, life. But it's yeah. pretty freaking awesome now. But yeah, you know, it's a fair few sequels and a fair few prequels, but we got there. It's all good. <laughs> that's, that's a lovely image. So I'm, I'm enjoying I'm, I'm enjoying the young, the young you. Uh, so, what else? What else? How else are we going to get to know you? Um, I've always had a love of the outdoors. I know this is probably going to sound really weird to most people, but freaking hate football. Always have. Yeah. I used to be quite. I think a lot of it comes from I used to be ridiculously short sighted when I was a kid. Oh, so right. hand eye coordination was always a little bit fucked. So I didn't. Yeah, commit to sports in that way, but I always loved the outdoors. So I was always driven to ride my bike and just go make jumps and do yeah, that thing, which yeah. I think has always been with me. Because me, my brother, my son, my wife, we snowboard, we mountain bike. My son, my brother are really phenomenally good skateboarders. I'm a shocking skateboarder, but I love it with a passion. It's just the whole scene of being around those sort of people. Because the competitive side of the sports we do are not competitive. If you right. ever watch snowboarding yeah. on the Olympics and somebody wins a gold, everyone else will run up to him and everybody's him delighted. High five him because you're the think, co you're competing against snowboarding at the end of the day. Yeah, not exactly. You're competing. You're not competing against your mates. You're yeah. competing about yeah. well, can I be better than I was last time? Yeah. So, but yeah. So um, you know, I grew up just rode my bike everywhere. Still, well, I haven't so much now, but. I've always ridden bikes, as in push bikes. Yeah, you know, I've yeah. always always been a bit of a under my own momentum. Yes, to get of. places, you know. So, and you know. Got, yeah. The, the, so the difference between skateboarding and snowboarding, you're, you're tied onto a, a snowboard, aren't you? So, yeah. It, does that make it more understandable? Does that make it easier? In your oh, if you if, if you speak to all the skaters, they'll say, "Yeah, it's bloody easy," but. It's not easy. No, no. My, I, I, my brother, I mean, my brother is is a phenomenally good skateboarder. Yeah, he tried snowboarding. He said, 
he doesn't like it because he is tied on. Right. So there's he no likes escape. The freedom of his yeah. feet moving, yeah. and he said, "Oh, screw that, mate. That's that's weird. I need to get used to that." Yeah. I, I mean, he got it, and he's you know because once you've got that balance thing and you've got that mindset, it's all a similar muscle memory. But yeah, and like for us, like skateboarding is like the holy. It's, skateboarding is the holy grail because right. say, you're not attached yeah. to anything. You can fall off and hurt yourself far too often. Yeah, yeah. Snowboarding's normally on snow, or if we do it on the plastic slope down the road from us, it hurts, but you can normally bounce from it. You don't, you know. I, I lived in Edinburgh for about a million years, and uh, there was Hill End where they had the... the yeah, oh, slope. God, absolutely. And there was a thing called Hill End Thumb because, it, because the hexagonal... Sort of, yeah. sort of snow. We have set. trounce farm. Exactly right. the same. <laughs> Is that thing. right? You, 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 we've still got the old dendex at trounce, so right. you can still. You put your hand down, and your thumb just gets dislocated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We um, encourage a lot of people who are new to snowboarding to wear mittens, so yeah, at least their fingers aren't all spread out. Yeah, you yeah. Just, you've only got your thumbs to look after. So, so already we're getting a, an image of. So you then went into teaching people how to snowboard. Yeah. And that felt like a um, sort of natural progression for you. Well, um, I used to snowboard 100 years ago yeah. when my kids were born. Uh, my son was born, my daughter was born. I just fell out of it, as right, you do, young right. father. Yeah. My yeah. son was ridiculously obsessed with football. Okay. Which was great, being a person who hates football. That and sounds an intriguing challenge. Yeah. So I went to college did a course i'm a qualified fa coach i can coach football but i don't like it <laughs> you must have been great fun <laughs> i used to, i used to sit there and say to my five-year-old son what are we going to do now he says just do this dad went, all right cool i mean luckily i had a friend we did it together we went how it started is yeah. my son started playing football at four years old yes had a really good coach called peter catton really really lovely man about three weeks into the boys starting, he came up to me and my friend, Mark, and said, boys, I'm giving it up. Wow. If you want the team to continue, I need someone to take over. And stupidly, because, you know, we're joiners, we went, I oh, will do it. I'll so do I said, oh. that. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, he said, I'll get you on the course, boys. So we did an eight-week course. Right. Oh. And we, you know, we got qualified as FA coaches. And Mark carried me through the first, few years of my son's football career until he got headhunted when he went to high school is that right and then i joined the team as a sort of i'm very good at encouraging people yeah yeah my yeah. wife says i'm the most positive force in any room she said you'll just make people feel good so that was my role it sounds don't yeah. ask me how to take a freaking penalty because fuck that i haven't got the skill set or the knowledge but it sounds I can make you terrifying yeah. I, I played a lot of football and and taking penalties just didn't fill my heart with joy. Yeah, I can make you believe you can score it. Chris. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. can't tell you what part of the boot to use. Or oh no, no, steps you should run up to. So I think a lot of football is muscle memory and just playing it a lot. And yeah, it's and the ten thousand hour my, rule. Yeah, yeah. And to watch my son, who was he's pretty naturally talented. He yeah, was he was yeah. really good. And then his sister wanted to play, so we started a girls oh, right, team. Right, and, right. Uh, so yeah, I've I've done my purgatory of football on a Sunday morning in January winter. So it's uh, yes, yes, yeah, the, the, it, yeah. I, I I sort of forget about I I I, I wear a kilt all the time, and uh, and people. Good man. See, I'm I, my 
grandma's Glaswegian. Right, so right. So we've got we've got the Scottish. Absolutely, yeah. Blood. So so you know, people ask me, you know, do you do you feel the cold in your legs during the winter? And I think I said, no, I don't feel cold. And, it, and it, I think it's years of football. I just I don't mm. feel you know as long as the, nobody boots a ball at me and slaps my legs, I'm I'm perfect. Oh, that classic. I'm I'm perfectly fine. But yeah, that's... yeah. But it was the fingers putting the nets up in the winter. Ouch, yeah. Fingers were the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolute just horrific cold. But so we're we're getting this this picture of you as a as an enabler, as somebody who who sees I'll take that. who sees skill in other people who. Has yes, skill in other people he doesn't possess himself. So. Yeah, but that's a massive skill. I mean, there's this, there's a phrase that really gets on my nerves, and that is those who can do and those who can't teach. And the skill in teaching and enabling and getting people to where they need to be is is priceless. I think. Yeah, I I believe yeah, and I think that's what where it came. So. I got back into snowboarding yeah. after 20 years. My, um, me and my first wife got divorced and it was messy. Like these things always are. Yeah, yeah. Um, my, um, my girlfriend, who's now my wife was starting her snowboarding lessons and she knew, I mean, I am a, as we say, a frothing snowboarder. I live and breathe it. <laughs> right. Everything. My life surrounds itself. We've just come back from Canada. Funnily enough. Me and my wife were in Canada for 11 days and she started her lessons again. She said, you need to get back into it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know. She went, come on, come have a lesson. So I went and did my lessons. Like football, muscle memory came back. Yeah, but didn't feel too bad. After about six months, I suddenly realized how good it is. Yeah. For your mental health to be out there of an evening and just focusing on turning your snowboard. There's nothing else in your head. You're just there doing your thing. It's and it, I thought, oh. it sounds like meditation almost. Oh, absolutely. So I sort of looked into it and the, the club where we go we're running an instructor course so i said my wife said you have to do that so i signed up yeah yeah um i met someone who's now my best friend best male friend in the world so me and him just did our training together got qualified and just it was what we call the halcyon days down at our, our ski club <laughs> you know it was we had a little tight band of snowboarders yeah, who yeah, sort of yeah. did their own thing, made their own rules, and we got a lot of people. I'm, I'm, club, I'm, you know, I'm, we got a lot of people snowboarding. I got a 65 year old woman down the slope did you once. Really? She'd lost. She recently lost her husband. She right, was, right. I taught her her daughter, and she, she was like, "Oh, I, he would never let me do this. He'd be so scared for me." I said, "Come on, you're in safe hands. We'll go out there." Yeah, yeah. And she was really hesitant, but. Pulled her on a pair of boots, pulled her on a pair of my trousers and said, come, we'll go up. Yeah. And yeah. she rode it. She did one run and she was, the look on her face was priceless for, this is why I do what I do. Yeah. She was absolutely made up and uh, that was, you know, six months worth of good feeling all wrapped up in one so moment. So what would you think it was giving her? You mean with the, the, the thrill, the, the, the excitement or, or the, the knowledge that she could actually do this new thing. I, you know what, Chris, I, that's what it is. Yeah. It's the knowledge that something, because my wife's a snowboard instructor as well, something that we really love about it. And we've been out of it for a few years because um, after COVID and all that, we took a bit of a sabbatical. We're going back to it this year. We're going to go back to teaching in September. We miss that. Yeah, Just seeing yeah. the light, in somebody's eye thinking, yeah, Jesus, yeah. I can do this. Yeah, watch this, and we're guys. Not, yeah. We're not, yeah, we're not teaching Olympic 
snowboarders. No, no. You know, you're not going to be doing 1440s and triple flips. Yeah. But if you can get down a hill and go, oh, my God, I couldn't do that last week. Yeah, I, I'll take that. And now I'm doing something different. Exactly. Yeah. And that's it. And everyone assumes, well, it's a young man's sport. It's like bollocks, mate. Yeah. It's yeah. a sport like anything else. And, you, you can, know. You can... So it sounds like this is something that you bring to the pupils at the school now that you I I think so. You see things in them, you see skills, perhaps talents. Yeah, passions, just or loves. just that little everyone's got something. Even if it's just, you know, a nice way about them or every so often they'll just say something you say, you know, you need to work on that because that's where your talent lies. Yeah, yeah. Because they're not all built to sit in classrooms eight hours a day. They're not all built to retain information. It, 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 it yeah. I mean, you, you look at it. It's, it's a bit of a weird setup, isn't it? You know, you've got a whole room full of kids just bubbling with enthusiasm and passion, and yeah, and and you're you're saying sit still, yeah, do, yeah. You, you, and we have, you know, we have some. I think we have a phenomenal teaching staff. Our school yeah, is yeah. ridiculously supportive. And they're brilliant at bringing new things to the table, but yeah, yeah, they themselves are limited because obviously the syllabus is a syllabus, and you have to the if kids you, have to learn what they're being told. They have, have to, to learn by them up high, which feeds down to our yeah, governors and yeah. our head teachers and all that. So I think, yeah, I think the teachers do a phenomenal job, knowing that with those, they've got the potential to do so much more, but they have to be restricted themselves due to what they're teaching. Yeah. I don't know if you've been following what they do in Finland, and it just feels like they're doing it differently. Oh, the Scandies have always yeah, done it right. Yeah, yeah, we've we've always said that. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, you know, it's 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 more about learning than it is about teaching. And and yeah, um, I, I was speaking to somebody from the, the Ukraine the other day, and and she was saying that the kids go into school from eight till five, and it, it, the information's kind of battered into them, you know, and it, it's incredibly mm. strict. It just sounds like a bloody nightmare. Whereas, I know. Whereas it's... in Finland, it's, um, I don't know, it's it's far more nurturing and loving and compassionate. It's almost like holistic, isn't it? Like the kids will pick it up anyway, yeah. so let them just do their thing and, You're right, you know. that's it. It's faith, isn't it? It's, it's faith that, that kids are curious, so they'll yeah. want to, they'll want to find stuff out. And and they'll be passionate about learning stuff. They might not be passionate about learning the uh, volume of a sphere, which, incidentally, it's a that's a part of my brain that I'm never going to get back. Four thirds pi r cubed. I think that's going to be the last thing I ever see. Well, yeah. See that is me and maths are very very mm. ill bedfellows. I can't get on with it at all. Yeah, I yeah. never have. Just as well, I married. An accountancy expert, so uh, she she's the mathematician. We, you know, you, you just need. she does the numbers, and I just go, yeah, I, I wouldn't know if it's wrong, darling. You're you're right. So, uh. one of the things I was thinking is um, when when I was working with young folk as a social worker, I was a social worker for a long time. Um, I found that using a third object was useful so instead of sort of sitting opposite somebody at a desk mm -hmm. and and trying to get them to engage with me i would play something with them you know i'd go and kick a football with them I, i'd even go for a drive with them i'd go for a walk in the woods with them and that way we could 
it didn't feel like I was interrogating people. No, I do a similar thing a lot of the time. Yeah. The kids will come to the office and we're like, should we walk back to class? Yeah. And you use that time to actually talk to them. Yeah. And they yeah. don't actually think about it because they're sort of like, well, I don't want to go back to class. I think we'll go the long way. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> and we'll walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we'll just talk about anything. I said, right, you all right? They go, I'm a bit better. I say, well, you'll be all right. Give yeah, it a go. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, see how it works out. So, yeah, that whole, that is thing. I do find sometimes the office can be, we always say it's a safe place where they can tell yeah, us everything. Yeah, yeah. And we only share that information if we're worried about their safety, mentally, physically, emotionally, or we've worried about somebody close to them. But, might also be at risk because of the situation that's course, going on. But I said it's always a place where you can come and tell us whatever's going on What's and we can discuss it. Yeah. And I, I've always said to him, I will be honest. If you tell me something I need to share with your parents, yeah, yeah. teachers, I will. So just be wary. If you tell me, you can't take it back. It will then become something that we need to act on. So, And the honesty of those boundaries, I think, help people because very often... Uh, you know, I've, I've worked with people in the past who said, oh, anything you tell me is completely confidential. Well, that's great. I've just killed my brother. Oh, shit. Really? Uh, right. Uh, mm. Yeah. And, you know, that's exactly that, because we've had to deal with some pretty gnarly shit in the mm. years that we've been doing this mm. job. And it's like, I don't want the kids ever feeling I've sort of dented their trust. Yeah, I'd yeah, rather be yeah. honest. And they said, well, I can't talk about it. And I said, kill, don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm here if you want to. Yeah. So they, they know that there's an outlet. Yeah, yeah. I can't sort of sit there and say, well, I'm not going to tell anyone because, well, that's bullshit. I am going to tell because we have a whole safeguarding system. Of course. You know, entrenched in the school. So it will go somewhere. It always does. But what it is, is it will stay in school if we feel it's, you know, it's minor. As soon yeah, as it starts yeah. getting hits, those sort of red flags, we're like, sorry, we're going to have to get this out there because... Because otherwise it's people, just collusion isn't it you know and, and absolutely uh, and you know you were trying to teach these children it's the right to open up because you're in a trusted environment yeah yeah if you then screw them over by saying i ain't gonna tell your mum that and then yeah by the way you did say this it's yeah, like you know yeah. who the hell am i i'm that's it i've just blown whatever relationship has been built between the two of us so it's, it's it's interesting talking to you. I, I'm it's sort of dawning on me that, that that you're exactly the kind of person I want to be speaking to because I think we very often we get lost in the world of the specialist. Um, and, oh, good because I, I'm totally the other side of that, Chris. Don't worry. But you're 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 a, a skilled human being. You 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 human well. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. That's that's such a lovely thing to hear. Thank but, you. But, but but that's key, isn't it? Because uh, you, I think a lot of people you know, they they're they're tied by rules and regulations and professional ethics and guidelines and mm. and and you are. But one one of the big things is is for you is is relational. You know. Um, yeah. And and it has to be. And you. And it has to be a two way thing. Yeah. You know, they, you know because you can have. You have some children, like everyone in life has clients, customers, whatever, and you think, crap, yeah, what yeah. do you want? I don't want to be talking to you. Yeah. But then there might be that one time when actually they really need to talk to you, and yeah, you have to be yeah. there for them. And it does allow you to think, okay, you know, 
there's good in people regardless of how much they piss you off. <laughs> yes, yes, there is. I mean, it, it, it takes us back. I mean, the thing that I'm, 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 I'm thinking about is we, we, we're often told it's good to talk. And, <clears throat> and I think a lot of people immediately think it's good to talk to a professional. And you're demonstrating, you, I mean, you get paid for what you do, but I, I'm, I'm sure as eggs is eggs, you, you do what you do in work and out of work. Uh, I'm guessing you do this with your family, your friends, people you bump I'd through. like to think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's taken me a long time, and I think only in possibly the last sort of five or six years, I mean, I was saying to my wife the other day, I couldn't have done this job. 15 years ago right, no way right, i was right. in a different headspace different relationship everything was different and i think to do my job the way i do it i have to feel completely supported yeah by those who mean the most to me and i do now right i mean you know it, it does everything that, does that give you a confidence in yourself as well oh 100 i am such a ridiculously unconfident person yeah. i fake it better than any bugger i know and i've told this to the kids sure I, when i started my job i had to stand in front of a class absolutely crapped myself even as a sort of mid-40s man yeah, i started yeah, thinking yeah. holy shit what am i doing but i remembered yeah. and even when we take a snowboard lesson we have 12 adults at the top of the hill and they're all looking at you and you're like I ain't got fucking Scoobies what yeah, I'm doing. I, I've it. never you done know, this before. <laughs> yeah. Imposter syndrome yeah, yeah. is such a, is just, is my absolute kick in the ass. It kills me. But I think I've learned to, I hate the fake it till you make it. Yeah, I understand but, what you're saying. Yeah. But it is a real thing. Yeah. I feel that I've pretended long enough that I know what I'm talking about to yeah. actually believe I do know what I'm talking about. And hopefully that comes across. The kids don't see the fear in my eyes. You know, I can just, yeah, I can wing it. And I wing it better than anyone I know. So I think the last thing they yeah. need is panic, you know, when they come yeah. in and they tell you something. You, you've you done what? <laughs> I mean, not to sort of horrorise it, but we've had children walk into our office yeah. with, you know, blood dripping down their wrist just saying, yeah. oh, sorry, sir, I've done it again. Yeah, and it's yeah, now yeah. a point of just saying, "Here's the baby wipes, yeah, here's some tissues. Let's clean you up. Yeah. Then we'll take you to medical. Then maybe we'll take you to hospital." And yeah. it's all in that very calm. Yeah. Okay, let's be gentle, okay, loving, on. compassion. Yeah, because yeah. you know, mate, you're right. They, they don't want to be. They don't want to see you panic because at that moment in time, you are that safe rock in that really, really rough sea where they yeah. just need to say, yeah. "I just need to." sit here for a bit and say hey where where, where self-harm felt like the only option at the time yeah um yeah I said, again that's a place i've been to many many a time uh so it's it's a weird one it, it it's a real strange thing you it, it it feels counterintuitive doesn't it it feels like something that yeah humans i've yeah yeah i've not i've not ever struggled with myself but this job has taught me so much about it yeah. Because yeah. I talk to the children about it. And I say, okay, yeah, where are we with this? Why is this happening? And yeah, so many yeah. of them just say, you know, it makes me feel better. It gives me a release. Yes. 
yeah so and then obviously with free work we've done lots of training had lots of experts on the subjects yeah, sort of come yeah. through so but yeah it's a it's fascinating yeah, yeah part of the human psyche and something that i don't think i'll ever understand yeah but yeah. i understand why it's a thing if that makes any sense you yeah, know i can't does. understand yeah. why somebody would feel that's necessary but yeah, i also understand yeah. that they do feel it's necessary and therefore i have to respect that so and you're sure you're certainly not going to judge them for it oh absolutely yeah, not yeah you know and i think that's that's the most that we could hope for is 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 that lack of judgment and 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 i still respect you and i i still feel compassion yeah and we just you. try to inform them and yeah, just say you know, yeah, you've yeah. done this make sure everything's clean make yeah, sure you yeah. and if it is deep do tell your mum so because yeah, she'll need to make sure that you're looking after yourself and yeah you know it's 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 interesting i mean one one of the big things and and you know with, with the penis dialogues i i i, I feel like that we're every time i speak to someone there's more questions and answers you know where are we going and 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 what i'm getting from you is a, a real feeling of we we can support each other you know as humans we we don't need to have a three-year five-year seven-year no. training behind us um because we're humans yeah and i think i mean i've been thinking about this since we spoke on email yeah I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it sits in our generation. Yeah, yeah. We've absolutely shot ourselves in the arse by trying to maintain this ridiculous masculinity, which has yeah, yeah. just left us terribly barren of being able to trust our mates and say, do you know what, mate? I'm fucked. I really, I'm not having a good day. It's, I mean, it's incredibly disabling, this this notion that we should be strong, whatever the hell strong means. Yeah. I mean, going back to something you said earlier um, about, you know, talking to professionals and how we should just level it down to just talk to someone. Yeah. I always go back to Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> when he I mean, who to, doesn't? Yeah, sorry, carry yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know. <laughs> It's a low-hanging fruit, but come on, it's such a good one. And he's talking to the American woman he's met. Yeah, yeah. And she mentions going to therapy. Right. And he goes, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realise you were nuts. Right. And she said, I'm not nuts. I just go and talk about my problems, and it helps. And he says, we don't have that. We have Wally. We talk to Wally. Wally tells everyone, no fucking problem anymore. And that, to me, in layman's terms... Is all you need to do. I you know, because if everyone knows you've got a problem, more than likely that problem will seem a tiny little bit diminished because everybody knows. It's like, well, is that all it is? Come yeah, because we'll you know? the, the, the biggest critic is of often you, you yeah. yourself, and and then when people hear it and you've built it up and you've built it up, and they go, "Sorry, sorry, is that it?" You go, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but exactly. You know, interesting. Just, I I I read a long book by a, a psychotherapist called uh, Jeffrey Masson, and uh, I'll cut to the chase. He, basically, he he said what what Crocodile Dundee said at the end of his book. 
you know, this educated person with God knows how many qualifications, go to your mates, talk to them, enjoy your mates, trust them, love them, uh, allow yourself to be loved and, and crack on. Really. And that, that's, there you go, Chris, that's the trick. Yeah. Allow yourself to be loved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the killer because so many men, I think, yeah. are under that assumption they're not that in love with themselves. Yeah. And therefore, yeah. why the fuck would you want to love me? Because, you know, I've got all this shit going on. Yeah, yeah. But because they don't tell anyone about the shit going on, they're just stuck in this void of... Yeah. So here we are. We're 42 minutes in and we're talking about the penis dialogues. Do you think the premise is true? Do you think men are in crisis? 100%. Yeah. 100%. I see men at the sort of start of their adult life through yeah. my job. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you see them, like, you know, they're all posturing for that position in the social hierarchy posturing, to sort of use yeah. wanky speak. But yeah, yeah. They, they all want to be liked. They all want to be liked by their peers more than their mentors and their teachers. Of course, and their... yeah. But they also like the praise of their mentors their teachers yeah yeah but if they get too much praise they're shot down by the other members of their peers right <clears throat> so they then play up against their mentors and teachers so their peers will then say oh, actually he's back we're good he's back on it yeah and i think so many of them almost well i think they fight between Wanted to be a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Not the nice guys that I know we'll discuss later because yeah. that's totally fucked up. But they <laughs> it's want, pretty you know, fucked up, isn't it? Yeah. In the um, you know, in the general terms of nice guyhood, as in like just being a nice person, yeah. a decent, a decent son and a decent brother, human being, yeah. a human being. You know, I think they really struggle from that and being the lad's lad. Yeah. And that is that whole lads lad persona, which I thought with the death of Loaded magazine and all that, yeah, we've moved away from. Yeah. I honestly think is is somehow making its way back into the into the fold, maybe in a different form via social media, but definitely I think there's a there's an upshot of male alphaness. You know, everyone wants to be uh, that guy. That that that, and but it's it's. Um... It's a myth, you know. I mean, do you think Andrew Tate filled a void that 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 that? one hundred percent. We have got, we have got lesson plans around how we talk to the children about right. that guy, right? And right. about how incredibly destructive his messages are, and how he is completely selling a lifestyle which even he is not maintaining himself. Yeah. But because it's flashy and in 30-second little vinaigrettes of TikTok, yeah, yeah. the teenagers are just sucking it up and going, thanks very much. So yeah, we have a lot of we've have a lot of really good, really nice boys in our school yeah, who yeah. have mentioned him in passing as a well, he's got some points. And I've had to sit there as a middle-aged heterosexual white yeah, man yeah. and said, I can see why you think he's got some points because right now we're the most vilified part of society. Indeed. We have got no support group. Yeah. Everyone yeah. else has got support groups. And trust me, they need them. And I 
Yeah. Respect them and appreciate them. Yeah, yeah. But white privilege, white men. Yeah. When society goes to shit, we're the first ones that are going to be crucified. So, um, you know, they're going to come for us first because everyone blames us for everything. <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not saying it's yeah. not our fault, yeah. but there's an awful lot of us who try to, I don't know, bend the curve. But, you you're, know. You're right. White, white privilege is a difficult one to navigate. I remember standing in front, I, I, was, I was doing a lecture on something or other, and um, one, one of the students said, well, you, you're, you're coming from this from a, a position of white privilege. And I remember thinking, fuck, am I? And I'm, I'm thinking, right, I, I, I grew up in poverty. My mum died when I was 12. Um, I, I pa- regularly pass out of school because of hunger. Um, I got into fights all the time. We were poor. I was sexually abused. And I'm thinking that that's somehow white privilege. And I thought, I mean, I went away with my... Uh, I don't know. I, I think my ego was really damaged by that. But I went away thinking, if if I'd been a black woman in that situation, it would have been more shit. If 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 I'd been a black trans woman, if that it, it would be absolutely off the but charts. Think, shit. Yeah, yeah. And I think Chris, you're right. It, but and I have to be so careful how I say this. I don't want to come across. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah, but that doesn't devalue that's right that's right what you've gone through it doesn't negate that and it shouldn't yes and i think yes as a white man you may get the front of the queue in a job you might get better salary you might Mm. not get wolf whistled when you yeah walk down the street but the shit still comes at you yeah yeah and like everybody else you only can deal with it your way yeah and so that's interesting it's hard because it's a conversation to have definitely definitely we um bit of a segue but it is relevant we um ran a few years ago we've run a three what we call snowboard jams purely for women right myself my wife and her friend sort of organized these women snowboard jams because um a lot of women felt that they couldn't perform in front of the guys because men by rights have a bit of a fuck it and huck it attitude they'll just give it a go <laughs> and they'll push each other to have a go and yeah 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 a lot of women will find that slightly intimidating which i don't think is ever a problem in sure. snowboarding that i've been around yeah, yeah i've always i mean i'm not saying there isn't misogynist twats in snowboarding of course yeah, there is yeah, but yeah the snowboarders i've all known are very much yeah more than merry we don't yeah, care yeah but i know people struggle females because they're like well i don't want to be segregated no you know it shouldn't be you know it shouldn't be a thing yeah i know it needs to be a thing but there there is people on both sides of course course. and i think it's the same with everything is it but you have to be careful because if you if you mention white privilege without black lives matter if you mention trans and then you use a context of a heterosexual example. Yeah, yeah. You could fall really heavily into a hole, which was not your making. I it, think the political agenda is so yeah. horrifically strewn with minds right now. You can't take a step left or right without. I think it, I think it's tricky. And I, and I think 
places like Twitter are unsafe for conversations like that because oh, I, I came off that so many years ago. Twitter is just because it's black and white, and that's it. Yeah, uh, you're you're either with us or against us, and if you try to enter the world of nuance or the grey area, um, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, Facebook is for local people to argue, and Twitter is for the left and the right to just battle it out. Yeah, with no no winner ever going to be. And, and it's, yeah. I think I think it's worse now than it's than it's ever been. It's it it it, it feels pretty toxic. And and you know, yeah. I, I going back to white pri- privilege. You know, young white men are are performing worse at school than any other ethnic group. Well, yeah. it certainly was the case last year. I mean, I'd have to look at the stats again, but 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 but, but that that was certainly the the the, the case. And we... I do feel the problem is that with all this support for all other communities, yeah. which is great, yeah. you stand a risk of losing the one people yeah. that not so long ago everyone was rallying against. Yeah. Suddenly yeah. everyone's leapfrogged. Yeah. And are striving forward, and then, yeah. Interestingly, they're sort of stuck. I, I went to a wedding, a friend's wedding at Cambridge University. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Cambridge or Oxford University. They, I've been to the Cambridge. They University, are yeah. astonishing places. And I was sitting next to the professor of something or other, and um, and and I said, "So, where are your lecture theatres?" And he said, well, we're thinking about getting them at some point. And I sort of went, well, sorry, what the fuck are you talking about? You, you, it's a university. Surely the lecture thing, you sort of have big lecture. He says, no, no, we teach using the tutorial system. And I said, well, sorry, what's that? He said, well, basically we get up to 10 pupils at a time, students at a time in our room, and we discuss whatever we need to discuss, we talk to them and we teach them and we learn from each other. And it's 10 people. So if if teaching 10 people is has been seen as the optimum way to teach people, yeah. for the most intelligent people that we've got, supposedly the most intelligent people we've got, why isn't that being applied to, why, our, yeah. to everyone, really? You know, Absolutely. I mean, you know, to how with class sizes being 30, 10, let's do 10, where you can sit and value people and and really get to know people and be compassionate about it and learn their loves and their passions. And and it just blew my mind. You know, 10. That is, that is insane, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it? You know, I, I, I was lost. I, I, yeah, because you think Cambridge would have these ornate, yeah, your hall where they'd all sit in rows and listen to these wonderful scholars. Yeah, and... these wise words being imparted. But no, they sit round and they have a chat, and they, you know they've got brilliant libraries. They bugger off to the library, and and they, you know they've got these brilliant. Yeah. and again, you know, I don't know about your school, but my my school had nothing as far as a library went. You know, it was it was awful. I have to say, we're very lucky. Our library. Right. Really insanely stocked, yeah. so it's, it's good. But again, a lot of that comes down to the staff care enough to yeah. make that happen. So yeah. you know. So, but yeah, that's 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 a bonkers fact. That's crazy. So if that's good enough for the most intelligent, you know, then surely, yeah, it's, it's it should be it should be absolutely universal. It should be, yeah. 
I, I mean, one a month rule. I, I think, you know, I keep selling this every every time I, I'm talking to people about education. There's a, there's a book called uh, Deschooling Society by a guy called uh, Ivan Illich. And basically he said, you know, go to school. Really, the only things you should be taught at school are English and maths. And that should be the foundation of your learning because then your learning should be driven by you. You should then learn the stuff that you want to learn. And surely, yeah. you know, uh, education should be about measuring your ability to learn and apply yourself to the things that you're interested in. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, when you get to degree level, I, you know, so the, the easiest course I ever did was my master's degree because it was stuff I was interested in. I was really interested in. I, Absolutely. I, I, I found my own levels almost impossibly difficult. <laughs> yeah, um, I think my wife would agree with you. She's just sat really hardcore accountancy exams yeah, and smashed yeah. through them because she had a, she'd always say, I don't have a passion for it. It's really freaking dull. But she has an understanding of it and she she enjoys digging deep into the accounts and to the sort of the journeys of yeah. money and cash flow and all that. And so, yeah, and she worked her arse off for three years. And that flows And it was incredible. Yeah. It was an incredible result. I... I have my passions, but I think me and learning, as in the traditional way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, not now. No way. <laughs> I will listen to the most complex scientific podcast going and think, shit, I never knew that. And yeah, you know, take yeah. that nugget away. And that is, I think, my how I learn. I'll read, I've got some scientific books I read. Yeah, yeah. But it's be, as you say, though, Chris, it is because I'm really interested in it. So, you know, so and it, science is like mad shit some of the stuff that they're coming up with. oh yeah i mean some, some of the stuff it, you're absolutely it's brilliant isn't it but but you are you you're seeing are you seeing a bit of yourself in the the young men coming through? i mean is it mainly young men that you or young, young students in you work fact, with? it's mostly young women at the moment right i mean right, I, right. well you know a lot of the girls will come and just have a chat we have a you know i do have a good number of you know the guys will come and talk yeah, to me yeah and, but mostly it's the girls that are the biggest sort of trouble at the moment. But that doesn't mean I don't see as an overarching, because obviously within the team we always talk about the children that we're dealing with and all that. And you can, yeah, I think the lads are slowly losing their grip on what it means to be men, you know. We have quite a deprived, yeah, sort of catchment at our school as well. So there's a lot of from broken homes or split families. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of step parents are in the mix and all that. And most of them are phenomenal, but obviously not all of them are. And you know, those children have learned at a young age that the family unit possibly isn't the greatest that it could be. And and that's something yeah. that we're sold that your family is everything. And then then I guess when your family isn't everything. Yeah, then that that's a huge challenge. Or you just, or you just realise that my family is my family. You know, it's normal, and then you find out later on that actually it's not. Yeah, that is not at all. And yeah. that can be a massive reality check. I feel one one of the things I found as a as a social worker, and I don't know if this is something that you, you've experienced. Is, and this again, I'm sort of joining the dots as as, as time goes by. Forty percent of the prison population 
are essentially illiterate. And I'm thinking back to a lot of the young men, again, that I worked with as a social worker. Things went really badly when dyslexia came into play and and teachers didn't support people, pupils in the way that they they needed to be. So instead of looking at the system, saying the system isn't supporting them, they, they'd say, this person is badly behaved. If only they'd work harder, they'd be able to read. Well, they can't fucking mm-hmm. read because I've got dyslexia. Um, are, are, you right. find, are you finding find people, uh, young people getting frustrated if they've got any manner of learning disability that the, that the system isn't perhaps flexible enough to accommodate? Yes, 100%. Absolutely 100%. And a lot of the time, those learning sort of difficulties are identified. Yeah. But due to their peers being one of the bright ones in the school or somebody who can can handle himself academically. Yeah. You know, the first thing they're going to do when they pull out their overlays is to say, well, what the hell have you got them for? What's the matter right. with you? Right. And as soon as that happens, as you know, with any teenage lad, that's just that's death on a stick really it's like right i'm not using them anymore he's taking the piss yeah i I, they they sort of muscle through with whatever skill set they've got but as you say if they can't read it yeah how the hell are they and 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 it's massive because that how then do you engage in society which demands that you read absolutely and, and demands that you're numerate as well yeah and you know it's it's a real struggle because I feel that in our establishment, we're very good at identifying these needs of the children and laying on the provision that they need. Yeah. But those children need to use the provision as given and you can't force it because to them, the biggest problem is the fact that him over there is going to be laughing at you. Their peers are going to take you know, When, you, when the you're piss. asked to sort of read from the book. What's the answer there, do you think? Well, we've a couple of times, you know, the children that we know struggle, the English teachers are all aware, and they do sort of put them in a separate room. So yeah. just, you read the passage as you feel fit. Yeah. So there is some remedies, but I think a lot of it, I mean, I hate this word because we use it all the time at work, but it's building resilience. Yeah, yeah. And when you're a teenager, a girl or boy, I don't think you have any because you're so stressed about everyone else is going to think about you. Yeah. Yeah, when only you could put everyone in the room and say, "Look, you're all thinking the same. Yeah. Everyone's worried about what they think of you. Yeah, no one's actually gives a shit about you because they're all worried about themselves. And if you could only portray that to them as almost a positive superpower to sort of say, "Look, everyone feels the same way. Yeah, don't yeah. be worried about what they're thinking because they're thinking what you're. They're worried about what you think about them." And and they're deflecting by taking the piss out of you. Exactly. Yeah. And more and, and if you could just I mean, as a crusty old man, you can see and say, Well, of course he's taking the piss because look at him. <laughs> but you can't say that because obviously we're professionals and you don't want to yeah, yeah. demonize a child for something else. Yeah. But yeah, you really want to just say, Of course he's taking the piss because he doesn't want you to catch on, but actually he's like this, and therefore You've got him where it hurts. Yeah, and by hurting you, his his life is devastating. 
but but, yeah, but, so, but you know he, he by by taking the piss out of you that somehow makes him feel just a little better about his lot yeah Perhaps. and the circle continues you know it just continues round you know how do we break that circle how do we break that cycle how do we how do we get in by somehow it? building in our young men a sense of confidence yeah built around their their own self proper confidence you, not not some kind of notion confidence. of of andrew tate masculinity confidence yeah confidence in their own skin yeah how you do that chris fuck knows but by telling them that they are worthy yeah you know that yeah you can do anything you want in life and if you want to be a bloody postman, yeah, that's great. If you want to be a fighter pilot, that's great. If you want to work in McDonald's, that's great. Yeah. yeah. If you want to just provide enough money to give you the skill set and the life skills to go out and just have a nice holiday twice a year, fucking hey. Who cares? You know, but I think more than anything, they need to be taught that it's all right to be happy. If you don't hurt anybody, nobody's getting you know, shit yeah, on yeah. from what you do, pretty much anything goes. You know, you, you were touching. That, yeah, you, you were touching on it earlier. That, but you, 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 it sounds like you were saying that that toxic masculinity, or perhaps never went away, but is is now really coming to the fore again. It's coming. It's, I it's, think it is. I'm as if I was concerned about anything in society right now. It probably would be that. That I think young men are so freaking scared to be themselves they all adopt the bugger yeah because because i'm sitting here being a thousand years old and thinking well that that's a box we can tick off because the younger generation are coming through they're going to be confident about who they are they're able to talk about themselves and you know this toxic masculinity is a thing of the past and you're saying it's not you ruined my life (laughs) (laughs) i i think the toxic masculinity we dealt with yeah it's gone yeah i think what this is now and again i'm no expert but i think possibly this is a mask because they're all fucking scared yeah yeah and as we know from any number of david attenborough films if an animal's scared it puts on its biggest bravest face it screams in the face of its predator and hopefully they'll fuck off and leave them alone it makes itself look as big as possible doesn't yeah, it you know pufferfish makes itself ridiculously big you know you've got those lizards with the, the, the collars exactly they're, they're just trying to uh... push away anything that could possibly attack them in a way that would diminish whatever sort of progress they've made in that social circle at that point i guess so do we have a lack of positive role models i mean the reason i'm saying this is you know it feels like andrew tate filled a vacuum that that needed filling for for young men i i don't know if there's a lack of role models or if everyone's so scared of coming across as preachy they're not I yeah. mean, Andrew Tate is just a mouthpiece. Yeah. But ridiculous shit. But he is a mouthpiece. Yeah. Someone, I mean, God have mercy on my soul. I'm going <laughs> to hopefully get this right. Yeah. Marcus Rashford, yes. phenomenal human being. Yes. Yes. Footballer. So 
you know, yeah. sorry to all the to everyone who um thinks I hate football. I don't. I just yeah. don't get it. Yeah. I never yeah. will. But I know that he's done phenomenal things. Yeah. Now, yeah. why he isn't on like you know the one pound stamp and um everything he says should be held yeah. in gold. Yeah. It's, um But it's not unless you play FIFA on Xbox. I understand. So um. I don't know if like somebody like Andrew Tate just says so much bullshit, but sooner or later it does filter down and hits the target yeah. audience. And somebody like Marcus Rashford or David Attenborough, shall we say, yeah. just doesn't doesn't say enough. So, you know, that whole sponge society of teenagers who suck up information and are just missing it all because there's just not enough of it there. They're being shouted at by the misogynist dickheads from the left. And um, actually, all the nice, the good guys who are really pushing for change yeah. are sort of like on the sidelines and don't get a look in. Are they just not getting, the, the you know, for want of a better phrase, the clicks? You know, in, in, in... No, absolutely. You know, the bandwidth is all about the instant hit. And you listen to people like Andrew Tate and they say well you can do it you can do it in six months you can get this lifestyle and it's yeah, like yeah and they're like fuck yeah I'll have some of that I don't want to put the work in I just want to get there I want to I want to dominate and bully and and yeah and and take what what's there's nothing wrong being strong because if you're weak get out of my way when yeah actually being strong as we all know if we're going to be you know honest to be strong, you have to be the one who says, no, you're right, mate, can you pick him up? Yeah, yeah. You don't push him out of the way. You pick him up and you walk together and you say, yeah, come on, we got this. But why men? Why are young men suffering more, say, than young women? Or, or apparently, you know, why have we got 95% of our young men, well, of men, in of, of the prison population? Why, why are 95% of the prison population men? Yeah, why is that? I would say a lot of it is down to nature. It's to test their own. It's split decisions. It's a, it's a decision made in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to a scientific podcast recently. Yeah. Talking about murder. Yeah. It wasn't a crime podcast. It was an actual fact-based scientific podcast. And there's a huge, I mean, huge, huge proportion, like 80, 90 percent, something like that. Murders are committed through passion. Yeah, yeah. Spur, An argument spur gone moment. wrong. Yeah, yeah. Spur the moment. Just one mistake fucks everyone up forever. You know, it's just it was just an absolute. It is, as they say, a crime of passion. It said an argument gone wrong, or just a flare up in the street. You know, even even all the gang related deaths and everything else. He said it is just that one moment where somebody saw red, and. You know, within five, 10, 15 seconds, game over. So I do think, and because men have got the testosterone pumping around them, and they're strong, and if yeah, and it's if it, if it's a heated exchange which has gone too far, then I mean that stat is scary, but it's not surprising. But I'm going to stick my neck out here, and I can speak quite confidently for myself. Between us, I don't think we've killed anybody. No. <laughs> so you can be a hundred percent confident in that. Yeah. So we we haven't. So and and I'm 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 also guessing that you've been pretty passionate about stuff in the past, and oh, and, and you I, will be passionate about things in the future. 
I wear my heart on my sleeve. Yeah. Pretty clearly, yeah. So what but why haven't we killed somebody and uh, somebody yeah, else yeah has? If it was, you know this is the nature nurture thing coming through i'm thinking you know yeah i think um i think there's something for me personally there's something in me that could couldn't do it yeah i'm not saying i couldn't ever i mean who knows, yeah, you know, yeah. ridiculous scenarios do happen, but yeah, it would take something so unbelievably unfathomable for me sitting here yeah, right yeah, now talking yeah. to you to think to make that happen. You couldn't imagine yourself in that situation, no, but yeah, I can imagine people have been, yeah, yeah, as much as many as people have in a split second made a decision and then gone. Oh my God! What happened? You know, it's. But then you know we we've got eight hundred and fifty thousand incidents of domestic violence being reported every year. Yeah, and I, I I'm fairly sure around about eighty to ninety percent of that is men perpetrators, male perpetrators. Yeah, on women, um, around a hundred thirty thousand rapes every year. And again, that's mainly men on women. Uh, I mean, the rape situation is is ludicrous because oh, it is ludicrous. I heard your point five of a percent goes, you know, actually gets to court, and it's 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 pitiful. But it's a horrible statistic. It's horrible. Yeah, um, and I know you said you said before, Chris, that a lot of victims feel they have to have been raped again to have to drag through. Yeah, all the details, yeah. and yeah. then be cross-examined. And I totally understand. You know, shit sticks, and if you're accused of something, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a really good series on Netflix not long back, where they were in an interrogation room, and yes. they did sort of little vinaigrettes of different <laughs> crimes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. And it was in it. Yeah, and I think there was one with Kit Harrington who was accused of rape. Right, right. From one of his colleagues. And it was fascinating because they played it completely straight as yes, it would be a sort of procedural yes. police. And it and it blew me away because you were thinking, oh, he's guilty, he's guilty, he's guilty. When it yeah, actually comes to yeah. it, he wasn't. And yeah. it's like, it's so, and I saw it, it is horrific. I do, I sympathise with anyone who's yeah. ever had to go through that situation. And I, I don't. I can see why they don't get to court because so many people just say, you know what, don't worry, it's done. I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, but yeah. there must be a way of easing the blow. Yeah. But yeah, why why there are so many rapes against women with men? You've got one in 200 chance of it going to court. You know, yeah. effectively it's decriminalised. So, you know, I mean, I know you've spoken to lots of men have said it's a it's a power battle thing. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's not, not about, about sex. The it's not your. It's own. not about yeah. the sex. But then again, if these ridiculously well, I'm going to talk from the heart. These ridiculously small dicked men, yeah, have to do yeah. that. Yeah, to, to whip. I'm I'm at, I'm at a loss what to say. I I. How can you even fathom? Yeah, that is a 
a course of action which will better the life of you and those around you. You know, uh, yeah. I just, yeah, I just, I, I, I wish I had an answer. I can't. Yeah. I, can't I mean, it, you it, know, I'm sort of trawling through the darkest bits of my mind, thinking, would there be a situation where you could ever, you know, find yourself? I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just don't even know where to begin with that. I, I was, I was out with a mate the other night, and uh, and he, uh, we were talking about the penis dialogues, and and he basically said, you know, the chances of me being on the penis dialogues ever is fucking zero. Fucking leave me alone, Chris. Uh, <laughs> how dare you? Uh, but he did say, um, I'm interviewing people who are who are like minded to me. People who find these things abhorrent, who uh, it's so alien to us. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, you need to speak to rapists. You need to speak to criminals. You need to be getting in amongst it. And I think I, I agree with him, but getting people to speak well, openly about it. Yeah, I mean, to a degree, we do that at school. Yeah. We have, you're aware of county lines, I take it, and the sort of, it's basically a drug smuggling system. Right, right. Where county lines, which is where drugs come out of the major cities like London or Manchester right, and right. cross county lines. Right, right. So they have distribution routes, and unfortunately... Our city is one of the biggest destinations for right, this right. in England. Yeah. So we have some of our young children have been approached, recruited into county lines. Bloody hell. Good kids. Yeah. Nice yeah. kids. Yeah. And, you know, through the pure actions of a stranger saying, can you take that bag around that corner? There's a guy in a red jacket. Just give it to him. Here's a tenner. Yeah. They've just made £10 for 30 seconds work. But what will happen is they'll find that kid tomorrow and then say, you never gave my friend your bag, that bag. And I'll say, yeah, I did. Said, no, you didn't. You now owe us £10. So now you need to do this job. Shit. And that's how they get them. Shit. It's easy as that. Because then they'll say, we know where you live. We know where your mum works. So you're ours now. That, that it's horrific it's really scary that's fast yeah it? and um you know these kids you know they can make 150 200 pound a day yeah yeah but when you speak to charities like st giles who yes. are very much you know gang culture focused they're trying they do they do phenomenal work getting kids out of gangs and yeah, into safe places yeah. They say, well, yeah, okay, you made £100 a day. You could make 80 quid working at McDonald's and you get a pension and you yeah. get holidays and you get toilets and you get medical care. Yeah, yeah. Where if you've got £100 a day and you're sitting in a cuckoo house waiting yeah. for the packages to arrive. So, yeah, they look at it as easy money. And before they know, they're sucked in because they come from... It's not always deprived areas. A lot of it is. But, you know, there's a lot of middle class, working class children sure who just who find that you know get into attractive. it before they know they're into it and then suddenly 
they're there. And you're saying it. You know, you're, you're talking about how how quick it happens. And say you didn't deliver the package. I know. Yeah, I mean, I know where you live. Yeah, and the kids don't know that you don't. I mean, more than likely, they probably don't know that. Yeah, point, but it doesn't matter. They uh, just say, meet me back here tomorrow. I'll because... kill, kill the people you love. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's, it's any kind of abuse, isn't it? I mean, it's like sexual yeah. abuse. You, know, This is our secret. You know, if you Exactly. Yeah. It's that, and that secret, going all the way back to how we started this conversation about building trust, Yeah, it's that thing. You know, they're scared of being found out by the people they love and respect and think, you know. So, yeah, it's... Uh, and how do we get young people in those incredibly vulnerable situations because that's that's terrifyingly vulnerable isn't it you, yeah because you, you you've fallen down and you've fallen into an abyss really quickly and where you're you completely out of control where you think you're so alone that that who do you go to this this is it and um there was a film released a couple of years ago i think it was through lockdown called county lines yeah and it is such a perfect, you know, depiction of what happens to a young lad who suddenly falls into this way of life. Right. And it's horrible. It's very Ken Loachy. It's very depressing. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, it's how it works, you know. He just wants to do good by his mom and do good by, you know, being a good lad. And he didn't do it because it was illegal and thrilling. He did it because through no fault of his own, he suddenly was in a situation he couldn't get out of. So if I go to, you know, if, if, if I know a young lad who's in that situation, and I don't, but if I did, and, and said, right, I, I can save you from this situation, uh, would they just it go... It does happen. Would they just it go, look, fuck off. Look, the guy's going to kill my mum. You know, not a chance. That... Is a, is a sort of normal situation that would happen. But a lot of the guys, especially the guys who work at St. Giles, are all ex-GAM members. Right, right. And they can talk straight from the heart saying, well, I'll tell you not, they're not. Yeah, yeah. Because the guy running your line is 17, <laughs> drives a moped, because the guy who runs this line lives in London yeah, and yeah. is a multi-millionaire. Yeah, so yeah. do you know what? You are... You're just a very small cog, so trust me, you'll be all right. So, yeah, but they need to hear it from. So the the you know a gnarly guy who can talk the language and yeah, looks the look and who sounds you know. terrifying, and then suddenly, it's like the Wizard of Oz, isn't it? You know, ignore the man behind the curtain. It, uh, yeah, they are all the man that's, behind that's, the curtain. I mean, as a business model, Chris County Lines is a perfect yeah thing because. All the moving parts take care of themselves and the captains just sit a hundred thousand miles away just watching from afar. So why don't we have more of these organizations with ex-gang members coming into you schools? Know why, Chris? It's money and resources and political will. Yeah. You know, it's it's not an epidemic, but it's certainly it's a well-rounded problem that I yeah. think any any school is aware of and is trying its best to sort of work around. You know, so and, and it, it, it's it, yeah. It, but it sounds like that that 
young people feel isolated in so many different ways. Um, you know, the... I th- yeah, and I think, I mean, speaking at work with colleagues and all that, social media has isolated them so much. I yeah, know we've all, yeah. we've all said it and it's all, and, but we have to understand that we didn't grow up with social media. These kids have. That's right. That's They've right. never known any different. Yeah, yeah. You know, we grew up with cars without seatbelts for a little while before that changed, <laughs> and you could smoke in cinemas. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, all that, when I say to our kids, and they're like, really? You're like, hell yeah, you can, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we have to be very careful that we don't diss yeah, what yeah. they feel is as normal as it's a, yeah, it's a grass key... is green, sky yeah, is blue. breathing, you know, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I speak to, to younger people about, you know, how I used to go around my mate's house and knock on his door. And you, you knock on his yeah. door? What kind of insanity is that? You knock, you threw stones at his window? And yeah. You'd get arrested. And you, I mean, we say, we say to the kids now, it's like, I go around my mate and he wasn't there. I wouldn't have FOMO because he was out with his mates. I'd be like, oh, shit, I missed him. Yeah. And yeah. I'd, ride, I'd ride around the estate, see if I could find him. Yeah, yeah. And if I didn't, I'd go home. Yeah. And I wouldn't know what he was doing until next day when we met in school. He went, oh, shit, yeah, we went down the park. Yeah, yeah. Went, oh, next time I'll come. He went, yeah, cool. Job done. Yeah. Now, they plan to meet up on Snapchat or WhatsApp or whatever, but they don't because yeah. another chat has gone on saying, so-and-so's going over here, but we're not going to go there. We're going to go over there. Right. And because of their locations are all on, yeah. The person who hasn't been met can see that everyone else is fucked off down there. And then they start a whole word war over social media. And yeah, social media is probably our biggest bugbear and that, that, at work. That, bring, that brings another thing to the fore, doesn't it? Because I remember at school, if somebody was bullied, they would go home and they'd stop being bullied. You know, they'd be yeah. in their bedroom and there'd be no more bully because the bullies were elsewhere. And now there is no escape. <coughs> There's not. It's 24-7. We call it the 24-7 pylon. Anyone can bundle anybody else and they're all in group chats. So it's not like one person said, what did you say about me? And they have a chat. Yeah. Nine yeah. times out of ten. It will be a third party who just likes the touch paper and just watches the fireworks go back and forth and enjoy it. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because yeah, maybe their life shit or or or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, right. This is beginning to sound a bit hopeless and out of control. Okay. No, let's bring it back, Chris. Come on. Let's yeah. Do this. Um. So where do we go? What 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 do we do? We embrace men. Yeah. We yeah. stop ostracizing them we stop blaming them for everything we know we're a bit shit sometimes yeah and we're you know we need to just suck it up yeah we yeah. can be a bit shit but we can also be fucking awesome and yeah we need a chance to prove ourselves yeah do you, do you, you know, like do you we, like being a man yeah 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 i like being a man immensely yeah but i think i like being a man in the life that i've got sure if that makes sense sure. i don't know if i'd like to be a man in uh, a war-torn country because more than likely i'd be drafted or something like that military and yeah yeah being a western man 
is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. I can't deny it. Yeah. I don't want to sort of alienate anyone who disagrees with me. But for me, yeah. being a man in Western society, yeah, we've, we've got it pretty good. Yeah. Even with all the shit going on, I personally, as a 50-something, once divorced, twice married, yeah. four children, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's. I'm um, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about things right now. So I mean, so you know, if you if you're looking at that as a product, that, that's that, that's something you'd be quite happy to to sell, I guess, and say, look. Well, I, as well, if you know, I hate blowing my own trumpet, but as I said, I had a really horrific, abusive childhood. Yeah, which. I think formed me sure. as much as I probably hate to admit it. Sure, it sure. probably was the making of me. Um, I escaped there at 21, ran to Australia, lived out there. Right. Sort of got that whole love of the outdoors, of yeah. surfing, yeah, board yeah. sports, you know, did that thing because the Aussies do it better than anyone. They're yeah, just freaking, yeah. they're mad for, right, let's stop work. Let's go for a barbecue. Let's go to the beach. We're good. You know, their work-life balance. I mean, I don't know what it's like now, but yeah. it was always... Freaking amazing! Play, they play is as important as work. Is, play is yeah, so yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So did that. Came back. Got married. Had two phenomenal children. Um, went through a very hard, messy divorce. Um, one of my children decided that you know, for for whatever reason, she was going to be incommunicado for years and years, so we right, didn't talk. Right. So that was hard. That is hard. But she's back on the in the fold now. She's in London at university. Right, right. So she's doing great. She's living her own life. So that's cool. My son, we see every week. He was yeah. the best man at our wedding to my to my new wife, Lydia. Lovely. And Lydia's two girls, my stepdaughters are just great. So yeah, you know, I've been through the ringer. I haven't had yeah. an easy life. Yeah. You know, lost my mum a few years ago, never knew my dad. My stepdad was a dick. Um, but I had chronic OCD to battle through my years of abuse. But again, when I went to Australia through pure force of will, I got over it. I forced myself to sort of come out the other side from OCD, which was, I guess, one of my biggest achievements, really. Because OCD is a hard one, isn't it? Yeah. I never went to therapy. I just thought, I'm on the other side of the world. Yeah. I'm, I'm as far as I can be from my stepdad. I am going to stop this shit. I mean, it took me years, yeah, years yeah, and years. Yeah, yeah. But I don't struggle with it anymore. But I can sympathise with people who do struggle with it because I know how it felt. Do it's you... the most fucking ridiculous thing in the world when you when you say it out loud. Yeah, but, yeah. Do you, you ever? Know, I've been there. I've done do it. You, at times of challenge, do you, do you relapse at all? Ever? Do you? Do you no, no. It's, it's. I used to. Yeah. I used to quite a lot. I used to have routines and yeah. repeated behavior. But now, no, it's almost like my life was split in two. Yeah. And I'm now in like sort of living a second life again. You know, my wife always says I'm a perpetual 12 year old. She said, you are ah, my 12 year old ah. boy. And I, 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 I'm all right with that. I like that. You know. I've spoken to you and the guy I spoke to just before you, Graham, and it sounds a lot like when you found somebody who loves you for who you are, everything made sense. Do you know what, Chris? I couldn't have said it better myself. 
Yeah. It was like all the square pegs suddenly became round and fitted the holes. I was yeah. like, holy shit. It was my eureka moment. Yeah. And everything just, yeah. I mean, we, you know, we've worked really hard to get where we are. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I've done things and um, been places and, yeah, mind-blowing stuff, which I never would have foreseen happening. Sure, sure. You know, 15 years ago. So never say never. Always, always, you know, just but keep on stepping because you'll get somewhere. I've, I've, you know, I mean, it sounds crazy, but is it that easy? You know, I, I, I mean, 16 years ago, I met Ella and my life changed incredibly. And, and, you know, just being loved and not judged and being accepted was... Do you know what, Chris? It is. It's, it's the easiest, hardest thing in the world. Yeah. Because you just need someone to say, you fucking got this. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and actually, that's a bit of a lie. You need someone to say that. And you need to be able to believe them. Yeah, yeah, they need to say it um, in a way that you, yeah, you believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. if they say it and you think, shit, you're right, yeah. then then the world is, oh, mate, you're you're gone. You're yeah. a rocket ship to Mars. It's all good. But you are. Everyone needs to find that one person, whoever the hell they are in the world. Somebody, you need to trust somebody enough for them to trust you. And when they sort of pat you on the back and say, "Do it, just do it," you'll be you'll be great. But yeah. if, if, if this is something that we could package up to younger people, I guess, and it, uh, in a way of nurturing them and show that. I, re I remember I had a I had a tutor when I was doing my my masters in social work, and he's saying, "What what 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 do we as social workers give young people that that nobody else does?" And, and I was thinking. I, I was I was young. I didn't have a fucking clue. I I, I uh, money. I said he went. No, we give them unconditional love. And I went. Do we? And, and it, maybe fifteen years later, I went. Actually, yeah. That's that's yeah. what we do. Do we give people that 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 recognition that they, no matter where they are in their life, no matter what they're doing, yeah, we can say their behaviours shit we can challenge their behavior but deep down we know that as a human being you are you're really something special yeah you just and that i don't think i really had it from my mum. i certainly didn't have it from my stepdad yeah but, and as i said i never knew my father but about six years ago i reconnected with my half sister who was my dad's daughter yeah yeah and I learned loads about him, which had been lost because of my mother's feelings towards him. So it was never sort of shared with me. And I always had it in my mind, oh, he's a bit of a dick and he yeah, left and yeah. all this. But the truth was so different. And yeah, it yeah. completely sort of flipped that relationship on its head and made me realise that, okay, you know, every story does have two sides. And yeah, yeah. That's something that I strive to you know, share with everyone, just saying, never just take it at face value. You have to know everything before yeah. you can make a judgment. Dig you know? deep, dig deep and listen. Yeah. yeah. So, where next? What, you know, how... I, I just I yeah. just think society needs to embrace young men 
old yeah. men, old men, yeah. men of our generation, our granddads, yeah, and yeah. just just tell them it, it's all right. Yeah, you know, Dennis Le- Dennis Leary, the American stand-up, does that. a whole thing right, on right. Uh, Irish men. Okay, and he yeah. says there weren't bombs going off in Ireland in the eighties. He said it was Irish men keeping on to their fucking emotions because nobody could ever get anything out of them and sooner or later they just blow and i think that is a lot of the stats with the prisons and the rapes is yeah they these fucking men have no outlet for they their hold emotions. and they hold and then they explode. and then they take it out on vulnerable people yeah because because you're not going to get a rapist go up to uh you know try and rape I don't know, a woman who happens to be a black belt in karate. No, no. Or happens to be a statuesque athlete of prowess. They're looking that for somebody happen. vulnerable. Yeah, which tech. is why, you know, you know, when you're young, you're preyed on by people. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, some men, I'm pretty sure, have a death wish where they'll just go pick a fight with the biggest motherfucker in the room yeah 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 but yeah the I, majority when don't. it comes to control yeah, and power yeah. are obviously going to go for the weaker one because they can't be bested by someone because then that power struggle is completely extinguished isn't it so so yeah it is nature and nurture but they have control over it because they don't attack people who are going to be able to defend themselves enough you know, yeah yeah but i think the nature part comes from we're all fucking scared. Yeah, yeah. But some of us can sit in there and say, well, it's okay. I'll make it better by being, you know, spreading the love and hoping that people will spread the love back and together we'll rise, you know, we'll raise each other up. What's the old saying that um, a rising tide raises all ships? Of course, of course it does. Yeah. You know, and that's what I think decent human beings like me and you yeah. would probably try and do when the yeah. people around you are happy fuck me it's the best thing in the world it is isn't it it is you know and when they're feeling shitty yeah it's the worst but you can't feel shitty with them because sometimes you just need to be the guys that will be all right Come yeah on. yeah yeah it, but i think a lot of men are scared to show that side of emotion that vulnerability again that whole weakness you know softness is a weakness that perceived weakness that that massive and and the thing is it's it's a a weird rise in this toxic masculinity this this kind of cheating this win at all costs yeah our leaders are liars you know oh fuck me don't even get me on that chris i know um it's ridiculous i mean talking about role models yeah there should be people in power that can say, all oh, right, I don't agree with your politics, but you're a decent guy yeah. or a decent woman. Yeah. You know, I but, can see why you are fighting the good fight because, you know, you've got morals, but it's a shit show right now. It it's an it? utter, it's, it's almost like somebody took the West Wing or the thick yes. of it yes. and made it real. And so and it's said, a, yeah, this is a documentary. This is, this is a model to work to. You're yeah, right. It's, it's it's fucking horrible. The the the, the thing you're know, going back to football. You know you're 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 saying that you you. <laughs> I love the fact that you became a coach, even though you don't like. Yeah. I, that is a brilliant, brilliant story. If I, you need a, if you ever need proof, I'd love my children. Yes. To take that, yes. All right. So. Yeah. But but the thing that 
gets me is that, you know, at school we're taught that lying is bad and we're, we're mm-hmm. taught that duplicity is bad. And then we watch our role models time and time again pretending to be injured by somebody in the penalty area. Uh, and and, and so suddenly... And it's, it's, an accept, it's an accepted yeah. part of the game. Yeah. Everyone knows it goes on, so you should be like, all right, fuck that, we're not having that anymore. Yeah. You roll over, you're going to get a red card. Job yeah. done. Yeah, that's it. it. It would piss off everyone for about six months. Yeah. Then the game would change. Yeah, you suddenly realise, well, there's nobody on the pitch anymore. But so, Exactly. Yeah. But it 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 just seems that the, the the lying is being rewarded, and the and the crime seems to be not the crime, but getting caught committing the crime. Absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. And that's I don't know. That's that's odd. I do. if and I will when I take this on the road. I want to have. I want to football footballify it. I want it to be forty-five minutes. Each. I read that. I love that analogy. You're going to turn it all round into some sort of big football, yeah, sort of like theme where you can have uh, two sides of an argument and actually sort of. Right, I, I want men talking. I want it to. I want this this to be normalised. I mean, this is for me. This conversation has been incredibly easy. You know, Absolutely. I mean, you put me to ease, Chris, within the first minute. Yeah. It was lovely. You know, it was, it's a chat between yeah. two mates about yeah. Yeah. Wh- whatever the fuck we want to talk about. And yeah, yeah. I think that's the way to do it. It's to just see where it goes. I mean, we've gone to some strange places and we're probably completely off script. But <laughs> There is no script. That's a brilliant but thing. I'm sort yeah. of, that's how I roll. You know, we can... I follow a podcast. It's a sort of a, it's a very niche sort of podcast about the sort of snowboarding, surfing, skateboarding yeah, world yeah. that I live in. And it's got a professional snowboarder on it and um, used to be an editor of a really big surf magazine in America. Yeah, yeah. And they basically sit there and they sort of talk about the week's events in the, the chosen sports. But basically they just talk utter bollocks. Oh, super. And it is the best yeah. fun because they're just chat like right. we are now yeah, and it yeah, goes yeah. off on tangents and my wife also said i like having it on when i'm doing other stuff yeah. because every so often they'll say something so ridiculous i'll just <laughs> burst out laughing because it's and it's the best way because there's no hidden agenda there's yeah, no yeah. weighty subject which is off limits because we you know i said in my email you can ask me anything yeah. i'm an open book i yeah. I feel comfortable in my own skin enough to say, you need to, if you want to know it, you can know it. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. But I don't feel like, God, if anyone does listen to this, they'll be like, the fuck are they on about? Because they'll, they'll follow the flow of two people just in the moment having a chat. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd be very grateful if you could send me the link to that. Cause that sounds absolutely fantastic. I will. So, and, yeah. I, and I'll, I'll stick that in, in, in the blurb for the, so, but uh, as I said to um, as yeah. I said in my email to you, just to cut you off, Chris. Yeah, carry when on. Tom did his email from Proper Mental, yeah, I was like, oh, there's a man at the top of his craft. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought, well, I've just answered my own question. That this rambling, no, fucking tome of a chat, certainly not uh, rambling. Because if you, you look know, at it, it, we have we have hit 
a lot of incredible targets, a lot of really important points. Well, I hope so, because, I mean, I've listened to every one of your episodes so far, and Brilliant. everyone's brought a nugget out where it's like, yeah, yeah. damn, yeah, I, I, I can see that, you know, and... I'll send this to you. Uh, it'll, it'll be tomorrow now. But and if you sit and listen to it, you, I think you'll be delighted with the way you've navigated the whole thing. Well, I have to say, Chris, that's really, really sweet. My biggest concern was that you'd be happy because, you know, you're sort of like the Gandalf of this. <laughs> And uh, I can feel my beard know. growing as we speak. Yeah, <laughs> oh, my, my lack of beard growing skills would put most people yeah, my, in raptures. Yeah, my, like... yeah why, why can't I grow? But my, my stepsons grow beards in about 30 seconds, and yeah, oh, I, yeah, I've got teenagers who walk past me with better facial hair. It's like, <laughs> fuck's sake, come on. <laughs> so, okay, so. Uh, at the end of each each episode, I ask people to make a commitment to to change. Um, mm-hmm. uh, have you any thoughts about what commitment you could make to changing this current shit show that we find ourselves in? I think I'm probably in a position more advantage advantaged of emotion, yeah, we say, yeah. because I haven't awful lot of subjects i can almost keep an eye on yeah but i think my commitment would be to guide the young men within my profession on the right path and to certainly educate them if i feel their views their language their manner yes was in any way misogynistic or combative or sort of not decent let's put it back yeah decent just prove them just to say to them that you can be passionate you can be a man who's yeah yeah proper into football i mean one of my best friends at work one of my colleagues is a massive football fan she's a woman yeah and she's lovely i know that when she's in a football match Holy crap. Yeah. It's like somebody's taken her head off and replaced it with this <laughs> absolute thug. Terrifying individual. Yeah, and I, as I've said to her, that's why I don't like football. She went, I know, and yeah. I don't quite know how it happens. It just happens. It's tribal, but, isn't it? Yeah, it is tribal, and there's a lot of good in that. Yeah, yeah. You need to belong to your tribe. Yeah. You need to find yeah. your tribe. But I think my commitment to this podcast, to myself, would be if... If I see deeds being done which go against the decency of what I would like to yeah. think is, you know, good sport, yeah. I will step in and say, nah, mate, we ain't having that. I think the other lovely thing that you, you're, you're doing and, and you're already doing it is, is valuing people. And I think that's a lot of, a lot of people don't, don't experience that much. And, no, and, and, I... Yeah. I don't, I don't think they do. And, you know, I think even, even now, like I've in the last sort of 10 years, I remember sort of complimenting a colleague at work, just saying, damn, your hair looks great. Well done. You know, yeah. as you do. Yeah. 
And I was accused of sort of coming on to it. I was like, fuck me, I was being nice. You know, when did it when did it stop being yes. nice to say to somebody, I really like your dress, you look great today. Yeah, yeah. And did it become you free later? Because fuck me, you look great. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it, it, it's it's very different. I think we've kind of we've short-circuited conversations, you know. Yeah. I mean, when when I was walking around the edge of the UK doing do my raising awareness of people with mental health problems, a lot of people would come to me and say, I hope you don't mind me saying, but you're absolutely crazy for what you're doing. Now, I could have taken offence at that language and gone, well, yeah. that's really offensive language. and uh, But that was the language they had. You know, they, yeah, exactly. It, it, it wasn't offensive. They, they They said it in good nature. They weren't harming me and if it no. was a conversation that we needed to have we could have it later when they were feeding me or or, or putting me up in their spare well, room yeah exactly i mean i've had pupils come up to me and say sir i need to come out to my parents i'm yeah. non-binary yeah I mean, okay and, and it's really weird for me to call myself sir because that's what they call me at school sure sure fuck me it's it's, it's still it still takes yeah yeah yeah, yeah i bet both. but so i've had mums and dads sit and say right you know, we are here because so-and-so has something she wants to say. Um, yeah. at, at my school, we are very inclusive. We have we have a trans teacher. We have um, we have every possible yeah. variation Diversity. Yeah. on the state's quote. So, yeah, yeah. So my friend sat with me and we said to mum and dad, this is what's going on. They would like to be known as this. Yeah. And it was brilliant and lovely. Yeah. And mum brought us all sort of like pronoun badges. So, you know, yeah. just to sort of say thank you when we get on. But that girl, well, not girl now, yeah. but that girl, yeah. people yeah. at the time, does not ever take offence if I get the pronoun wrong. Wrong, yeah. And that's what I was yeah. saying. She knows it's a learning curve. And I've said yeah. to her, yeah. look, you know, my daughter's, my daughter's non-binary. Yeah. She doesn't. She knows it's a very hard thing to, because we're hardwired yes. to he and she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To bring the they into yeah. the singular to talk about a person. Yes, yes. Oh, it's the fucking house. I and mean, I like to think to myself as an open-minded, modern yeah, yeah. member of society. But but it is. It's, it's, we pra need it's to just, practice. It's muscle memory. It's practice. Yeah. And I'm not saying yeah. we shouldn't practice. Of course we yeah. shouldn't. If somebody yeah. says... This is how I identify. Say absolutely, and that is your right, yeah, and I will yeah. do my utmost. Yeah. But we are hardwired a certain way, and I think everyone deserves a little bit of flexibility. Yeah, yeah. You know, and as you say, the whole being nice to people yeah. doesn't necessarily mean I'm after something. Yeah. Maybe I'm just fucking nice, and yeah, uh, yeah. you know, maybe I just wanted you to feel nice. Yeah. I wore. I, I, I wore a suit. To, I had to wear a suit for work today. Don't normally wear a suit. Yeah. Yeah. I had to wear a suit because I was part of an interview panel for a position at work. Right, right. I got a hundred of compliments because I'm normally <laughs> just, you know, yeah. I stretch for casual, smart casual pretty far in one direction. So <laughs> had, Every day is dressed out Friday, yeah. Yeah, it was a full-on three-piece suit, you know, the full work. Good effort. You know, and it was, and it was lush. Yeah. And I didn't feel, my wife said to me, said, how objectified were you, darling? I said, totally. <laughs> and you know what? I was all right with that because yeah, yeah. It, it comes from a place of love. 
I trust my colleagues with yeah, all my heart. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying it's right. You sure, know, if a woman sure. was wearing something clingy yeah, or that and she was getting yeah. lots of attention, I'm not saying in any shape or form that's the same thing. But for me, we need, it, was a fucking, it was a massive ego boost. We need those nuanced arguments. I mean, was it today? No, it was yesterday. I, I was picking up a, a friend's daughter from school and there was a guy there who had a magnificent shirt. It was... It was it out Hawaii'd every Hawaii shirt I've ever seen. And I told him, you know, I'd never seen him before in my life. I said, that is a fantastic shirt. And I went away feeling good. I'm sure he went away feeling good. And everybody... Chris, that's what I do. Yeah. I will go up to somebody and say, man, that's a fucking great jacket. Yeah. I love that jacket. It looks really good on you. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, they'll say, oh, thanks, man. Cheers. Yeah. And you just go over and go, that's all right, man. That's yeah, nice. Yeah, that was that was okay. Yeah. And, you know, we get it a lot in snowboarding because snowboards are very pretty things sometimes. They, yes. They lovely yeah, graphics. Yeah. You sit there in the queue and just go, man, that board is so cool. Yeah, that looks yeah. awesome. Look at, oh, thanks, man. And I am, but I am just a, a ridiculous chatter. I will talk to any fucker. Yeah. You know, yeah. But I'll always talk with a with a mind to just make their day a bit better maybe yeah you know i never go in thinking that this is gonna blow up in my face and i'm gonna make them feel like shit you know i always <sighs> think you know flipping that you, around you deserve to be told when when i was walking around the edge of the uk i mean one, one of the things that that my illness had had me doing was i, I saw everybody as a threat and that everybody was mm -hmm. dangerous and that nobody was to be trusted and then as I went around and found that 100%, 100%, not 99%, not 95%, 100% of people were brilliant. I developed this belief, and I still have it, that everybody I meet is going to be brilliant and that they're going to add something to my life. They are going to enrich my world in some way. And... It doesn't let you down, you know. It, it's like having a prejudice, but you've you've kind of flipped it round. It so it's not yeah. a negative prejudice. You just and I think, yeah, I think I have something similar, Chris. Yeah, I'll always go in thinking, "You're all right." Yeah, I mean, some people have let me down. I'm damn sure I know that I've let people. Down. I think some people work really hard to get, to get to that point, but yeah, yeah, I understand. But you know, and you just think, well, we're human. It can, it's fine. Indeed. It happens. Yeah, and. The first time in a long time I was I was let down by somebody. I had it out with them, and I've yeah. never done that before. Yeah, I felt confident enough to say, "Do you know what, mate? Yeah. Fuck that." Yeah, you. And it it wasn't a shouty shouty fisty fisty sort of thing. Yeah. It was just a conversation. I think, no, you fucked up, mate, and you fucked up bad. Yeah. So yeah. why don't you just walk away and stay out of my sight, and yeah. then we can call it quits. And but I always look for the positive in people because invariably it's there. Yeah. I don't want to go around yeah, thinking yeah. people are shit because that's a horrible existence. It is. It's it, it's I would, it's, yeah. I'd rather trust people until they yeah. make it otherwise. Yeah. You know, uh, I'd always I don't put my faith in a lot of people because yeah, yeah. I think that's down to me, not them. Yeah. You know, but I do trust most people will have my best interests at heart because 
well, I think I'm fucking all right. And if they came to me with a problem, I'd like to my yeah. It's it sounds like the it kind of flips it around. The, the, the this notion that trust is earned. It sounds like trust is lost. You know, the, yeah. The, the the trust should be something that we accept as as the norm, and then uh, until you're proved wrong, and most yeah. people say, yeah, but then then it hurts twice as much. It's like no, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I say to the kids at school, said if you're worrying about something and it doesn't come true. Yeah, you've spent days or weeks worrying about something and ruined those weeks. Yeah, yeah. If you don't think about it, and the worst thing happens, yeah, yeah, then you can deal with that. Yeah, but you haven't wasted all that run up to yeah. the point where it's like yeah. shit has happened. And so you have to turn your brain around to think. Yeah, uh, I, I, do you know? I think that's bloody hell. I've really enjoyed this. We, we, yeah, and then let's end on that massive positive. I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, do you mind hanging around just for a couple of minutes? Just to, no, not at all. Uh, for sure. But, but for for the purpose of the podcast, I'm going to say thank you so much. You've been absolutely brilliant. Uh, oh, it's been absolutely uh, my pleasure. Chris. Really thank appreciate you. your time. Thanks a lot for that. Well, that was easy, wasn't it? I appreciate this stuff is as easy as breathing to me. But ask me to put a shelf up straight, then well, and I'm fucked. I know it's scary, unimaginable to to many, but. You've got to admit, this is rather lovely, isn't it? Isn't it? Remember, if this is your kind of thing, give me a follow on Twitter at DialoguesPenis or email me at thepenisdialogues at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until the next time, I've been Chris Young and you've been rather lovely. I'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs>